0: than cancer, smarter than heart disease, stronger than Crohn's disease. The University of Chicago Medicine is a leading
1: community of physicians, researchers, and game changers. Using the most advanced treatment options available today, our team of experts embrace challenges to
0: make a difference in your life. Visit uchicagomedicine.org to schedule a video or in-person visit at a location near you. Sickness is relentless,
2: and so are we.
3: Update your tool cabinet with 11% off everything at Menards. Master Force has a large selection of power tool accessories with over 500 accessories in stock. From drill bits and hole saws to blades and sandpaper. Get the job done with 11% off all Master Force power tool
0: morning, Uptown Baptist Church. How are you all doing this morning? I can't hear you. How you all doing this morning? Amen, amen. It's, it's good to be in the house of the Lord, amen? I am super excited to be here this morning and I, that you are here in the house of God to worship our God together. And we welcome the people that are watching online. I know that we're, they're watching from different parts of the world. Can you believe that? Technology is great, they're watching from different parts of the world and being blessed by our worship service. So we really thank God for what God is doing in our church and I believe that he's going to bring great revival to our church. Amen? Amen. Are you all ready to worship the Lord? All right, I'm going to pray and ask the worship team to come up and bless our time together. Let's pray. Holy Father, we thank you for bringing your people together in your house this morning. There's no place that we rather be to be in the house of the Lord. And we'll be glad and we'll rejoice and we'll give your name, the uh, uh, praise in your name and exalting and lifting up your name on high. You will be the center of our attention. And you are Jesus, the head of our church. And we are your glorious bride. We are your people. And we want to give you thanks and praise this morning. So receive our praise and be blessed for what you're going to hear this morning from the saints coming together, lifting up in one voice, exalting the name of Jesus, and giving the glory, 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 and honor, and honor to our Heavenly Father. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's stand up together
4: and sing to the Lord. Every praise is to our God. Every praise,
5: every praise, praise is, is to our God. Every word of worship before our God. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Sing hallelujah, sing hallelujah. Every praise every is to our God. Oh, let's do that again. Every praise, every praise is to our God. Every word of worship with the call, hey. Every praise, every praise is to our God. God. You know God. God. Sing hallelujah. Sing to hallelujah, hallelujah to our glory hallelujah to our God. Every praise, every praise, every praise, every praise is to our God. Oh, going on up. Once more. Every praise is to our God. Every word of worship is going up. Every praise, 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 praise to our God.
4: Uh, stay on that a second. Let's go back to number C. God, my Savior, too. God my Savior,
5: God my healer, God my deliverer, yes He is, yes He is. God my Savior. With God and Every praise, every praise Every praise, every praise Every praise, every praise Every praise, every praise Yes, it's to our God. God
4: Hallelujah, hallelujah <laughs> This was a new song last week So we'll sing it one time to remind ourselves Show your power.
5: created the light He is Lord was like unto him never ending in this He is Lord, is like he he is he is Lord. Lord. And he comes in power when we call on his name He, he is Lord, Lord. Show so your power Oh Lord, your gospel, oh Lord, is the hope of a nation, you are Lord, is the power of God for our salvation, you are the Lord, will we ask not for it, but look to the cross, Our inheritance Give us the last You are the Lord Yeah So But look to the cross. You are the Lord. You are our inheritance. Give us the lost.
4: power not not our strength or our efforts or our energies we yield those to you but they are only useful if you take a hold of us if you take a hold of our passion if you take a hold of of all of our energy lord only if you are in charge so we look to you lord for your glory jesus in this place in every situation where your power is needed please lord we look to the cross you are the lord Lord, for the the mom here today is looking for her son, we pray you'd bring him home safe, that you'd bring restoration. Lord, for folks that are estranged from family or friends, loved ones, Lord, we ask that you bring reconciliation and peace into homes. Lord, where there is needs, where somebody is worried that they don't know how they're gonna make it, Lord Jesus, show your power in the midst of our weakness. Show your power in the midst of our hunger and our need, Lord Jesus, for your glory. Let's testify to this marvelous grace. Marvelous Marvelous grace grace. grace of power. A
5: loving God, grace that exceeds our see and our give, yonder on Calvary's mount, our Lord, there where the blood of the Lamb was spilled. Come on, grace. Yeah.
4: Hallelujah. Lord, we need your grace. We need your mercy. Lord Jesus, be glorified. Yeah. Grace. Grace.
3: Amen. Amen. Wow. Let's thank the worship team for leading us in worship this morning. We have some guests that are here with us today. I want to welcome you to Uptown Baptist Church. I'm Pastor Mark Jones. I want to welcome you uh, for joining us this morning. And I just want to say that this is a church it is all about grace. And uh, I thank you for that song. That's an old song. I remember that song. But it just reminds us. And we need to be reminded, brothers and sisters. For the word says it is, By grace you have been saved through faith. and This not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. Guys, I got to tell you. I'll be very brief in my testimony. But. I I wanted to save myself when I came to Uptown Baptist Church. I was a guy in the self-help section of the bookstore looking for how to fix my problems, and I came to this church because that couldn't fix my problems. Okay? A counselor that took me aside that worked with me, but at the same time he was working with me on my problems, he was sharing the gospel with me. And he eventually led me to the Lord in 1990, and I, I praise God it is about grace. Amen? Give God the glory, and I say that to you because we have people that are here today that are visiting, and we're glad you're here. Don't get me wrong; we're glad that you're here. We're thankful that you're visiting our church. But uh, coming to church don't save you, okay? Okay, uh, it's putting your trust and faith and recognize in the only one that can save, and that's Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So this let you know, you know, all sinners saved by grace here. Amen. All right, guys, I I just want to welcome you this morning, share a couple of things with you. If you could take out your bulletins, Um, we are going through experiencing God's power. We just begun this series. It's the book of Acts. We're going to be studying the acts of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to be doing this really for a couple of months. But we start now. Hope that you guys have those flyers. You've given them out. There are extra flyers in the back. I just want to encourage you to invite people to come uh, and, and enjoy it and take it in. Uh, because this, this is going to be a powerful series. We're going through the book of Acts together. So I just want to make sure I got the word out about that. Um, also, we, are, we had our first baptism since COVID. We're getting ready to have our second baptism uh, at the end of this month, so September 26th. And so if the Lord's leading you in Believer's Baptism, we encourage you to let us know, fill out a welcome slip. You can talk to uh, Lynn and David Morse. They're not here today, but you can give us the welcome slip to one of the ushers, and then they'll contact you. Set up a time to meet just to prepare you for what that's all about. But, uh, guys, just ahead of time, just be praying for those the Lord is leading uh, to move forward to that next step of baptism. That's a big step of faith, and uh, we're excited about that. And that, as I said, it's going to be September 26th. Um, this isn't in there, but just want to make, sh- make you aware. We're also going to be getting a new, um, new set of um, adult Bible fellowship classes. They're going to start the 1st of uh, October. So there'll be an insert in there explaining the new classes that are coming your way starting next week. So just wanted to get that on your radar. And then ladies, if you could take out the flyer that's in, in, in insert that's in here, we're doing a, a simulcast of Priscilla Shire's Going Beyond Conference at the end of the, this month in here. So Saturday, uh, I believe that's September 25th from 9 to 4, 4 p.m., we're gonna have the simulcast event here. You can watch it together. Um, and, and there's options, you know, there, there, there is an option where you can watch from home, but I encourage you to come out, be a part of this if you can. Lunch is provided here as so well. Information's in your bulletin there. Cost is, is $20. That includes lunch, uh, $10 if you watch from home. But anyway, information's in there. Mindy, if you could raise your hand, um, you can talk to Mindy. She can tell you more about it. But well, I encourage you to come out because that's going to be a great event. Guys are going to be helping out to make that happen. But uh, it's just a really good discipleship event. encourage you guys to be a part of that. And then, of course, invite others to, to take part in it as well. Uh, so I want to make you aware of that. Um, take out your welcome slip if you're here. And this uh, would encourage you, if you're a guest here today, please fill this out so we can follow up with you, tell you more about the church, how you can get connected, more about the ministries, the small groups about the church. Also, if you have a need in your life, or your family's life that you need us to be praying for, please let us know. Please put this in. You can give this to one of the ushers. Or there's also a receptacle where you put your offering on the way out. You can put it in there as well. But let us know how we can be reaching out to you. Uh, with that said, I want to recognize some of our guests. I'm not going to make you stand up and come up front and stuff, but just raise your hands. We want to welcome you are your guests here today and visiting our congregation. Just raise your hand, and uh, we just want to welcome you. Please welcome them. And, and, and I just wanna encourage our, our members, remember they raise their hands one more time, remember to greet these people so that they know that they're welcome here, okay? And uh, we wanna do that. Obviously the greeting time is not when we do it, I wish it was, uh, but we're gonna do that by, by smiling and waving where we're at. But uh, after the service, please, please be sure uh, to welcome them. And we're just so glad to have you guys here with us this morning, thankful for that. Um, also for those that are in the warm weather, Summer's back. Give, hey, give the Lord a hand, okay? Because for those that know, for those that know Chicago, you know, I enjoyed the cool weather, but you and I know it gets cold in Chicago. So we, when we get extra warm weather, praise the Lord. Amen? All right, stand together. Let's stand together. And I want you to greet one another in the Lord. You can smile and wave. Not running around yet. Let's, let's welcome one another in the Lord. We have a lot of guests here today. So glad to have you with us. Amen. load of folks in the gym. Amen. Amen. So glad to have you here today. Amen. Wow, I see a lot of faces. I want to personally greet a lot of you. I want to run around right now. i <laughs> need urge. But so glad to have you with us this morning. Um, with that shared, I'm going to go ahead. Oh, yeah! You know, last thing I wanted to mention there. Our youth, youth have a newsletter that they put together, and I want you to read it. I mentioned this last week, but Naya, um, one, of our, one of our youth, wrote this, this article on grieving. And it is just profound how a little girl could write this. Uh, and she captures the reality of what it's like. Uh, for those don't, that don't remember who Naya is, Naya and Jay lost their father in April of this year. Father was only in his 30s. Very difficult. They're with, with their grandparents now, Lynn and David. Um, and, and, and Naya just captures the reality. And, and I, I just was sending letters to some of the members this week because you guys know grieving is a process. And, and she says in the article, you know, people think it's over after the funeral, but it's not, you know. And, and so it's a powerful article. When she comes back, I want you guys just to encourage her how blessed you were. But I encourage you to read that newsletter. Our youth are doing amazing things. And also be praying for the youth ministry. If you have a heart to get involved in it, let Josh know. Josh, raise your hand. Um, Josh just started. Um, their ministry outside of UBC, they went over to 920 Lakeside, ministering over there, meeting the youth over there. At, at, that's a building that we adopted this last Thursday. It's usually going to be a Friday night ministry, but this this particular time was Thursday. But they're going out, and they're they're doing they're ministering, they're doing the work. They did the website, all those kind of things. I love the how you're empowering the youth to make it their ministry, make it about them. So anyway just be praying for our youth that need our prayers, and I'm excited about what God's going to do. With that said, I want to invite up uh, Elder Doug Gwynn. He's going to lead in prayer for our offering. Welcome up Elder Doug as he comes. Well,
2: good morning, everybody. As part of our offering time today, we're going to uh, play a video clip on Afghanistan, a prayer for Afghanistan from the folks from uh, PrayerCast. And uh, it's been uh, an interesting uh, and horrific two weeks, actually. um, As my wife and I have watched the news, of course, 45 years ago, Um, my family was personally evacuated from Saigon, Vietnam. And then my wife was stuck behind in Vietnam. And so as we're watching this saga play out in Kabul, the, the airport, of course, our hearts are with uh, those evacuees. So um, why don't we just go ahead and play the clip, uh, gentlemen.
6: Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are kind and faithful. We thank you that you loved us. Father, we love you. And you know that from past 40 years, our country Afghanistan is in war. Men, women, children are burning and dying every day. Evil forces are forged ahead from every direction and want to destroy this great nation but jesus you are the king of peace and we ask you to establish peace on this land touch the hearts of all those who wants to fight we ask you to help the afghan government and its allies turn all their plans for peace positive and dear lord Give the Afghan nation wisdom to feel and recognize you that they would understand the human rights. Dear Jesus, all these are possible with love. And we know that you are the God of love and you have the power. O Messiah, as we know that nothing can be solved with fight, And we believe that nationwide peace is very important for our country, Afghanistan. We ask you, Father, to establish a social and political peace in this country. All these will be possible when you touch the hearts. Lord, for the sake of human and human blood, help all forces to know and respect you jesus we ask you that as you enter jerusalem under the motto of Hazena, enter kabul the same way each valley and mountain of afghanistan establish peace enrich the people with education lord bring stability and please lord take away the ignorance of this country lord We strongly believe that everything is in your mighty hands. And we ask all this in your precious and mighty name, Jesus. Amen.
2: You know, as I uh, reflected on uh, Psalms 83 this morning, you know, God's not interested. He's not interested in the total destruction of Afghanistan. What He is interested in is that they would seek Him, and that His name would be made known, and that the nations would be glad. That's what God is interested in. And we're living in one of those, another one of those missional moments in history where He pushed out in a span of two weeks a hundred thousand Afgh. Af- Afghanis, 100,000. Uh, we were scheduled to get 50,000 of those in the US. Uh, already, you know, about 10,000 in Wisconsin and another 5,000 in Indiana, and they'll be making their ways to the communities and the cities all across the US. The numbers are not important. What's important? Is that there's so much so much mobilization. I mean there's always a good problem and a bad problem. the, the, the good problem is that everybody wants to help. Uh, send relief is already our, our SPC send relief ministries already in the gear to help those Afghanis uh, in the in the refugee camps um, but, uh, if you're watching like I am, and churches all over watching, and, and you're you're asking yourself, what can I do? What can we help with? There's a practical way. Um, many of you were in our cross-cultural training uh, partnership with Exodus World Service. You've signed up to be good new neighbors to refugees. Well, we are. Uh, I've signed us up uh, for a another project. It's called the Welcome to America pack and I have uh, the fact sheet is in the back this is basically welcoming a church welcoming warmly uh, a refugee family from Afghanistan specifically when they first arrive in the uptown Edgewater uh, Rogers Park area again uh, as our brother Quan over there will tell you refugees leave with nothing but the shirts on their back not even a backpack and uh, they come with nothing uh, a few personal papers so there's nothing more important than turning an empty apartment into a home by collecting and delivering all the basic household items that they need from day one and that's what we're going to do as a church and i put this uh, in the back Um, if the lord leads you and uh the lord leads you to help and you want to help with the afghan crisis at a personal level this is one way you can pick up uh this list of items that this refugee is going to this refugee family is going to need and because of covid all items must be brand new okay um again if we get duplicate items that's that's a good problem i'll worry about that if we if we have enough items for two or three families then we'll pick up two to three families but we're going to start with just one afghan family that comes into the uptown and edgewater and and lakewood and rogers park area and we're going to help them okay um Amen. So uh, that's my uh, quick announcement, and so let us go into prayer. And we want to thank you for your faithfulness, for your faithfulness uh, throughout the summer in helping us catch up with our, uh, with our general giving and tithes. So you can give online at ubcreal.org. You can uh, mail it to 1011 West Wilson Avenue in Chicago, or you can push pay it. Um, Either way, uh, we welcome uh, your gifts. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, we thank you. We thank you that you are a father to the widows and the orphans and the fatherless. We pray for appropriate and expedient solutions to the ongoing threats of violence in Afghanistan. We pray for the Afghans who are seeking truth to boldly embrace a new identity in Christ. We pray for the protection over Afghan believers as they are left behind. We pray that they would persevere in the midst of suffering, that they would see your handiwork as they boldly and creatively share the good news of comfort, hope, And joy, yes, joy in the midst of suffering with their fellow Afghans. We pray for those who come, that they would find you, that they would know your name, that your name would be made famous. We ask for your blessing on every gift, every offering, and every giver. Bless it, multiply it tenfold, a hundredfold, Lord, to meet the needs of our ministries here and abroad. We pray all of these things in the precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please welcome uh, Senior Pastor Nick Kim.
0: Thank you, Elder Doug, for sharing with us and challenging us what a church ought to look like, and the purpose and the mission of the church, and that is to share the gospel and help the people that are in need. As you would hear me sound like a broken record, now some of the younger generation do not know what a a record is, but some of you do. Um, And that is, we're not here just to simply exist, but we're here to fulfill God's mission, God's purpose. And that's why I'm excited to uh, do this series. As you know that I prepare a sermon ahead of time, and again, I, I was thinking about this sermon uh, series about four months ago. And so you have to understand, it's been inside my heart and boiling inside my heart for four months. And there's another series that I want to start four months later too. And so there's a lot of uh, sermons that God has uh, placed in my heart for. Us to learn and us to be excited about, uh, as God is placing it in my heart and to in your heart and as a church. So as you, as uh, Pastor Mark made a reference to, you see a flyer in uh, behind you. Or last uh, week we inserted it into the bulletin, but there's more flyers out there. But the September and October we're uh, going to do a series called "Is Again Experiencing God's Power." Uh, I'm sure all of you wants to experience God's power. And God wants to give you that power. And God wants us to, to be reminded that the, God's power is available. And he wants to bless us and he wants to give us. And that is why God has placed this message in my heart to remind you, UBC, Uptown Baptist Church, it is available to you. And I'm ready to give it. All you have to do is receive it and embrace it and be obedient to it. And that's what the disciples were, did, the 11 disciples. And today we're going to talk about one other disciple was added. And so today, we're going to, last week we talked about God's mission becoming our mission. And we remind reminded about God's purpose and mission for our church. Remember the last word of Jesus. Remember, he says, go, you will go to Jerusalem, right? Because Jerusalem is where Jesus was killed. And you go to Judea, where they, the disciples and Jesus was what rejected. And you and I know it. Uptown, being in uptown, we're going to be rejected. And God has sent us to uptown, knowing that we're going to be rejected. But are faithful to be faithful to God that we need to share the gospel, and not only to Judea but to Samaria right? Samaria was, was the Jews did not want to go to Samaria. Jews did not like the Samaritans because they call them half-breed dogs. But Jesus said, go to Samaria. Remember the woman that he ministered to at the well. I can't help but to fall in love with that story. Jesus ministering to a Samaritan woman in a personal and a relevant way. Elder, talk, Elder Dog talked about personally sharing the gospel with the Afghanistan refugees. That's what we're called to do. Because God is personal. God is intimate. He doesn't do things the other way. And lastly, he says, go to what? Ends of the earth. And that's what we're, we're doing. We're, we are going to the ends of the world. Remember, I reminded you that we are supporting around eight Missionaries around the world. And that's what we're called to do. And I don't want to just limit, and I know Elder Doug who's on chair of mission board, he doesn't want to just limit to eight missionaries, amen? He wants to do more. All we have to do is say, Lord, we're here, we're like Isaiah. When, Jesus, when God said, who should I send, Isaiah just lifted up and says, send me, Lord. Here I am, wholly available. Uptown Baptist Church, can we say that like Isaiah? Here we are, wholly available. Send us, Lord. And I, that's what I, that's what my family and I came, that's what my family and I that's what we signed up for when we came to Uptown Baptist Church. Amen. I didn't come here. My family did not come here to be comfortable. We were comfortable in our old church. You know, do you hear me? Do you come to Uptown Baptist Church to be comfortable? If you did, then you're in the wrong church. Amen? If you want to be in a church that is fired up for God, if you want revival in the church, of, then you're in the right place, and that is Uptown Baptist Church. Amen? Amen. Glory to hallelujah. And we're going to say, Jesus, gave us your Holy Spirit. We want to receive it. We're ready to receive it. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we're going to talk about how we receive it. It's about prayer. One of the pillars, one of the four pillars of our church. One of the foundations, one of the that goes deep down in the church, in the roots, is prayer. And that's what we're going to talk about. Amen? Are you ready to hear the word of God? Amen. 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 Let's pray. And we'll go into it. Hallelujah. Father, thank you so much for reminding us what is our mission and our purpose. Thank you so much for reminding us why you gathered your people and why you started Uptown Baptist Church 40 years ago. The vision that you have given to Jim Queen. Lord, and I thank you that 40 days, 40 years, the church has been pursuing your mission and your purpose. And I pray, Lord God, that you will refresh the vision. Bring fresh fire and wind through your church, your bride, your body. Jesus, you're the head of this church. And the body only obeys what the head says. And speak your word this morning. Now, may the meditation of my heart... And the words that are spoken through this servant may be honoring to you. In the Holy Name of Christ, we pray. Amen. Jesus promised that he would send another helper. Remember that? And what he meant by the another helper was the Holy Spirit. He says, To those who love and serve him, I will send the Holy Spirit. Ordinary people, such as you and myself, will receive the Holy Spirit's power and become the fountain of divine power, courageous and full of joy. In Acts chapter 13, verse 52, Luke said this, and the disciples were filled with joy. Why? Because the Holy Spirit was with them. You see, without the Holy Spirit, you have absence of joy. And that is why so many people in this world are trying to fulfill their joy with stuff, right? Buying, better, buying bigger and better stuff, maybe a bigger house, maybe a better car, or better phone, or going on a better vacation, or going out to eat. or You know what I'm talking about, bigger and better. And all the things that the world is offering, right? The commercial is telling you we're bombarded with commercials, we're bombarded with advertisement in Facebook, and as soon as you turn on your computer or you see in billboard, it's all about, it's flooded about advertising. about Get this and you'll be happy. Get this and you'll be satisfied. You know what I'm talking about. But there is no joy unless you have the Holy Spirit within you. Not the world. The world gives you happiness that is temporal. That's why you're always looking for new and improved. That's why you're always uh, trying to upgrade, update. Right? Even your phone always sends you a, a, a quarterly message. It is time for you to upgrade your phone. Right, upgrade your software, upgrade. One of these days I will give a sermon series on upgrade, <laughs> all right? But you know what I'm talking about. The only way that you and I can truly experience joy is the Holy Spirit. There's no other. As Jesus promised to the 12 dis- or 11 di- his disciples and his followers, there was an outpour of God's love and might in Jerusalem, in, Jer- in Samaria. In Caesarea, the power of the Holy Spirit was erupted like the volcano. In Ephesus, that's where the church of uh, Ephesus was born, right? And we have uh, one of the New Testament that Paul wrote to the church of Ephesus, Ephesus and what it is known, Ephesians. A church was again erupted in Corinth. A place, Corinthians, was a place where it's full of uh, uh, adultery, full of prostitution, drugs—you name it. Corinth was a bad city. But in the midst of that, the, the 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 Holy Spirit erupted, and the church of Corinth became alive and was birthed, and is called First and Second Corinthians. Remember that? It's in the New Testament. But not only in Ephesus and Corinth, but also the Holy Spirit erupted a movement in Rome. Remember, Rome is a powerful nation. Under Caesar or under uh, the Roman Empire, defeated other nations and brought slaves into their city. But the Holy Spirit erupted again and started a church and you know in the text is known as what romans by the way how many chapters are there in romans can anyone shout out how many chapters 15 15 chapters paul wrote to the church of rome and where did paul end up when he, he paul was his vision and his dream was always to go to rome and share the gospel right but when he went to rome where did he end up in prison. And Paul is saying, Lord, what are you doing here? I came with the vision and to share the gospel and you put me in prison. But the Lord, you and I know have different plans, doesn't he? The Lord said, You're in prison, but, but because of my Holy Spirit is so powerful, you're gonna change lives while you're in prison. And that's what he did. Amen. That's how God works. We cannot limit God in any way. So as Jesus promised, that that he he sent the Holy Spirit, and as he sent the Holy Spirit, he erupted the city like a volcano. Ephesus, Corinth, and Rome. And if he could do that to Rome, don't you think he could do that in uptown? Amen? Don't you think he could do that to the city of Chicago? That every weekend there's shots and shootings and, and people are being killed and people are being robbed and cars are being hijacked. Chicago is nothing to compare to the city of Rome and city of Ephesus of Corinthians. And we 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 were, we, were, we were timid and we're we're scared and said, Lord, what are we going to do? No. God did not give us a spirit of timidity. But God gave us a spirit of boldness. God did not give us a spirit to be a, ashamed of the gospel, like some of the people are. Some of the people are ashamed of the gospel. So when they're sitting in the cafeteria and ready to pray, they go, In Jesus' name, amen. Like if they're wiping their forehead or wiping their eyes, like if you're, they're ashamed. I remember one time when I was a student sitting at a University of Illinois, at UIC, in the cafeteria, and I just prayed. I wasn't ashamed. I just prayed. I put my head down, and I had a long prayer. After five minutes, I said, in Jesus' name, amen, and I'm ready to eat, Lord. I don't care if my spaghetti is cold. I don't care if my coffee is cold. You're more important than some coffee or spaghetti, amen? And one of the teachers came up, one of the professors came up and says, young man, I was blessed. But just watching you pray. I'm a believer myself. Amen? Amen. So the power came to the city, like Ephesus and Corinth and Rome, and it should excite. It should excite you and me when we hear stories and when we hear hear and read the book of Romans, when we read the book of Ephesians, when we read the book of 1st and 2nd Thessalonians or or 1st and 2nd Corinthians. It should excite us when we read the Bible. Today, the church of Jesus Christ needs the Spirit's power. We need the Spirit's courage. And we need a spirit of joy. How many of you today, in this, as you walked in, you woke up with a heavy heart? How many? And I'm not asking you to lift your hands. You know who you are. And if, you, if there's no joy in your heart, cry out to God. And he will give you the joy. He will give you the joy in the midst of your pain. He will give you joy in the midst of your hurt. He will give you joy in the midst of your loneliness. He will give you joy in the midst of discouragement. Whatever it may be, don't limit God. Receive the joy that he's about to give you. The reason why you you don't receive the joy is because perhaps you don't believe it. But we're going to talk about anticipating and expecting what God is going to do. So as Uptown Baptist Church, we should yearn and ask God for it. We should ask for his power. We should ask for his courage. And we should ask for his joy. Now, I don't know how exactly the Holy Spirit works. It's mysterious. But we could see how the effects of the Holy Spirit. A little boy who asked his grandfather, who was an old retired fisherman, asked this question to his grandfather, Grandpa, what is the wind? I can't see it. I cannot explain the wind to you, the grandfather replied. But I can teach you how to raise the sail. And as soon as you raise the sail, you will see the, you may not see the wind, but you will see the effects of the wind. And how it will guide and direct the sailboat. But the first thing that you got to do is raise the sail. If you don't raise the sail, you're not going anywhere. Amen? So my dear brothers and sisters, as the Baptist Church, we got to raise the sail. As we raise the sail, you better be ready. We better be ready for the joyous ride that God is going to take us with the Holy Spirit's wind and the Holy Spirit's power. Are you ready to raise the sail? This morning, as we study the book of Acts, we will discover how to have the wind of the Holy Spirit in our sails. In our sails. I didn't bring my golf club, but as you know, I'm a golf, I, pl- I like to play golf. And so I like to drive the ball. But I, I test if there's a wind against me, uh, uh, a face wind, or if there's a wind behind me. Now, if there's a wind coming at me, what's going to do? No matter how hard I hit that golf ball, and I could hit that golf ball hard, all right? No matter how hard I hit that golf ball, but if there is a gust of wind, and there were times this happened... I hit the golf ball, and I drove the ball beautifully straight, and he had the elevation, and he just had a beautiful, uh, 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 just the drive, and then all of a sudden, and I could could think that he's going to go about 300 yards, but all of a sudden, boom, the ball falls down. Why? He was going against the wind. The wind killed it. However, if the wind is behind me, and I'm at the tee box, And I hit that golf ball beautifully. What happens? Because the wind is behind me, it would carry that ball extra 20, 30 yards. You see? And the point that I'm making is this. That as we ride on God's wind, you see, then we will glide and we will have a joyous ride. But if we go against God's will, God's purpose, God's God, God's against God's wind, that we're gonna crash and burn. Amen. And I talked about this before with Henry Blackerby about experiencing God, about, about you know surfing on the uh, the waves of God. Similar concept, and we want to ride and ride and enjoy the God's power with this wind. So this morning we want to discover how we're gonna do that. How are we gonna ride on God's powerful wind that he's going to send through the Holy Spirit. Well, there are two things that we must do. There are two things. And first, you will see it up behind me, and that is we must believe with expectation. If you could turn the slide prior to it or after, after the next slide. The first point is we must believe with expectation. The problem is that we believe. We we say that we believe, but we don't expect. The problem we have is oftentimes we say that we believe, but we don't anticipate that God is going to answer our prayers. We pray, but however do we expect it. And James would say, don't doubt. And as you pray and ask for it, but if you kind of doubt, then you're double-minded. That's what James reminds us. But in, look at it in verse 12. This is what Luke says. Then the apostles returned to Jerusalem. Why did they return to Jerusalem? Because Jesus said, go to Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem just yet. He says, from the hill called the Mount of Olives, a Sabbath day's walk from the city. Now, for 40 days, you and I know, for 40 days Jesus went back from heaven and on earth, teaching the disciples what, as we learned last week, about the kingdom of God. At that time, Jesus was, being, was probably, and I love Jesus, and he was doing his thing, he probably was just walking back and forth through the wall, kind of showing himself, and Jesus being Jesus. He says, I don't need to use a door. Just walking back and forth through the wall. And if, if I was there, and the 11 disciples and his followers there would probably say, this does not get old. You know? Just zoop, zoop, walking through the door. That's pretty cool, but... That's what Jesus is. I'm sure he, 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 he you know, uh, just, just the days just flew by. If you're having fun, the days just flew by. You know, doesn't that happen? For forty days, the disciples just like again, the forty days just flew by. But the Bible tells us what they went back to the upper room. But while they were waiting, something happened. Before, remember, when Jesus, they were in the upper room, what happened? They were in the upper room with fear, thinking that, that the, the Roman officers would come and arrest them, just like how they arrested Jesus. But the difference between post-resurrection... The difference between them experiencing, seeing Jesus Christ, walking through the walls and, and listening to this teaching about the kingdom. The difference between fear before, and the, before they were hopeless, but now they were full of hope. Now they had belief and they, or as, after post-resurrection, they had great expectation that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. And that God was going to do a great work in them because that's what Jesus said. You will be what? My witnesses. You will be my witness. Now, let's talk about this upper room for a little bit. All right? This is the same upper room that they're in in this Bible right now. Same upper room the Lord and his disciple had their last supper. You see that, and in the same room, Jesus promised He would send another counselor, the Holy Spirit, in John chapter fourteen, if you remember verses sixteen through eighteen. And now they will receive the Holy Spirit in the same room. Jesus beautifully connects this. Jesus is all about systematic and order; He's all about planning. Before they heard the last words of Jesus as they shared the upper room, they thought they were hearing the last words because they didn't believe in the resurrection. Even though Jesus said over and over again about the resurrection, they didn't believe it. And that's why these 11 men ran away like a scared little boys. Fear. Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. Notice in verse 13, looks at this: When they arrived, meaning the disciples, they went upstairs to the room where they were staying. Those present were Peter, James, excuse me, Peter, James, John, and Andrew, Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, son of Alpha- Alphaeus, and Simon the Zealot, Judas, son of James. Now, needed to correct that: not Judas the Iscariot, but Judas the son of James. They all stayed together because they believed that the Holy Spirit was going to fill them with power and they waited with great anticipation. You see? I want you to understand that very, it is very important that they waited with anticipation. They didn't just sit down and just twiggling the thumb and say, Lord, what are you going to do? And they didn't just scratch their head. You know what? I'm bored. What are we going to do? They didn't do that, but rather they prayerfully and they were excited that God was going to do something awesome and they waited with great anticipation. They believe, why? Because they believe in the promise of Jesus and had absolutely no doubt at this time. They had doubts pre resurrection. But at post resurrection, that doubt was gone. So, my dear brothers and sisters, before you were born again, you may have doubts. But now that you are born again and that you are, you die to your old self and you are resurrected in the new creation. And that you are born again a child, a man and woman of God, and that you've been baptized in the Holy Spirit, and then talking about baptized in the water, that now that you should not have any doubts, but only expectation and anticipation. Amen. If you have doubts, get that doubts out of your mind. Rebuke it in the name of Jesus Christ. I rebuke you, get out, you have, no, you have no place in my mind because the only thing that is, the only person that is in my mind, only thought that is in my mind is having what? The mind of Christ, you see. No other. Rebuke you, get rid of it. And if you need help, ask the Lord to help you. And he is ready. And when you do ask, expect it anticipate that he's going to do it you see they believe in the promise of jesus christ now for the first time in their lives post-resurrection helped them to not waver in their flesh remember the, we call them the doubting thomas the other disciples saw and experienced and saw jesus and they believed but thomas right he wasn't there he didn't see Jesus, so he didn't believe the other disciples. And he says, I need to see Jesus myself. And this is where Jesus gets real personal. And I love about Jesus. When he appeared to Thomas, if you remember the story, what did Jesus say? I, how dare you? I rebuke you. How can you have doubt? Shame on you. Did he say that? No. He showed, opened up his arms like this. AND IT SAYS, TOUCH WHERE THEY PIERCE THE NAILS IN MY HANDS. WOW. THAT'S WHO JESUS IS. THAT'S THE TENDER, LOVING GOD. TENDER, LOVING SAVIOR. NOW, YOU AND I CAN SAY, IF I WAS JESUS, I WOULD SMACK THOMAS AND SAY, BOOM, I SAY, YOU LITTLE FAITH, YOU KNOW, RIGHT? Right? Are you with me? We would do that. But he just says, here, look, touch. Wow. How can you not receive a Savior like that in your heart? How can you not follow him to the ends of the world or ends of the earth when you have a, a Savior that loves you like that and has your back like that? Wow. Hallelujah. Brothers and sisters, my dear brothers and sisters, the sails must go up for us to catch the winds of the Holy Spirit through great expectation of belief. You see? End of each Sunday, I'm relieved. Why? Because I finished my sermon Now I could have downtime with my wife and my daughter, but now my daughter is in Atlanta in school, so we're empty nesters, so I just enjoy my wife. I don't know if she enjoys me, but I enjoy my wife. (laughs) You know, we go on dates. You know, it's nice. It's nice, but we miss our daughter dearly. But at the end of each Sunday, I feel relief because the sermon is done. And I feel, I feel, I sense that God was moving and God saying, okay, good. But at the end of the evening, as I go before the bed, you know, as I s- pray a little bit, the Lord tells me, now you got to start prepping for the sum- Sunday that's coming up. And I'm excited for another Sunday coming up. I'm excited that, that the Lord is going to speak to me during the week. I'm excited as I study and meditate that he's going to bless me. And so I'm really excited. And, and as a result, I love Sundays because I'm in front of you having the privilege to proclaim and teach the word of God. And I get paid for it. <laughs> you know? I have the best job or the best calling. You hear about athletes, you know, like, you know, they love what they're doing, right? But I'm, I'm blessed by it. You know, but if you notice, up here, if you look at me, you only see me. But that's not the reality. The reality is that standing next to me is the Holy Spirit. Amen? And it is the Holy Spirit that speaks in me and through me, and that you hear the word of God. I am just a servant. I am just his instrument. I only say and speak what the Holy Spirit directs me. I only say and do what the head tells me to do because I am the part of the body. And we are all body of Christ, you see. That's who we are. But along with the Holy Spirit, you know, the enemy is going to be here too. Amen? Amen? Now, enemy may be behind you or sitting next to you and maybe distracting you saying that the word of God is preached, but he may bring influence saying that, well, you got to cut the grass after church. Well, you got to water the grass after church. Or some of those ladies are going to say, I'm going to have to go grocery shopping, or I'm going to have to help my daughter or son teach homework, or I'm going to clean the house. And all these things are bombarded, and you, this is coming to your mind, and you... And the enemy will rob you of the blessing of hearing God's word. You see? And you got to tune and rebuke that enemy. And only allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen? Amen. The problem with many believers, now I'm not talking about our church. The problem with many believers today is that they don't believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit with great expectation was talking to my my dear brother uh mike and we're talking about expectations and we're talking about how we're talking about how we pray that we need to expect that god is going to answer our prayer and that's going to be my second point but we don't and brother mike was preaching and i said man maybe you could preach today again holy spirit speaks to everyone not only through the pastor and you hear the message that I gave a while back, we believe in the priesthood of our believers. Okay. You could speak a powerful message not because of who not because of you or not because of your education or your the art of delivery or that you took class of communication or you took class of harmonetics, but you can preach a powerful message because the Holy Spirit is in you and that He will convict other people of their sin. You see, but the problem is a lot of professing Christians, they say it, but they don't believe it. They don't expect it. Someone like they believe that someone like it's up to other other pastors, other missionaries, but not me. Someone like Billy Graham, Holy Spirit is working in them. Someone like Luis Peral, or someone like, you know, other evangelists, but not me. But that's not what God tells us. Brothers and sisters, God is calling us not to broaden our belief or enlarge our understanding. God is calling you, me, to believe with expectation and act upon that belief. You see? As James, I would often make a reference to what good is it. Show me your faith, but there is no deed. There's a lot of talk, but there's no action. There's a lot of talk, but there's a lot of hypocrisy. You know? But we as Uptown Baptist Church is not about that. We are called and we will believe and we will accept and that we will anticipate and expect that God is going to work through our church. Amen? Amen? We must believe and expect God is going to fill our church with the Holy Spirit, empower us, to do a powerful ministry that he has called us from 40 days, forty years ago. Amen? Amen? You know, Brother Josh brought, uh, reminded me, I believe it's end of this month, is it? That Uptown Baptist Church is 40 years old. Rich history, beginning with Pastor Jim Queen. God gave him a vision, and he obeyed and they were able to purchase this beautiful building and their wonderful ministry. The whole uptown community knew what Uptown Baptist Church stood for. Amen? Amen. This place was filled with God's people. This place was filled and rocking for Jesus. And I believe Mike Chovy, our worship leader, experienced that too. And that is why as we continue this legacy that God has started 40 years ago, that as we raise the sail of our ship of Uptown Baptist Church, as the fresh wind, fresh fire comes through, that we're going to sail and we're going to enjoy the ride that God is going to take us. Amen. And I know yeah, that you're like me. I know that you're like me. And we want to fill this place with God's people. Amen. And turn uptown community upside down. Amen? Amen. So you better start praying. Amen? Amen? And you better start reaching out. Amen? Because we're not here to be just kind of lukewarm. Am I right, my brothers? No, 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 no. No, no, no. We're not. Man, I'm feeling it. Are you feeling it? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Second thing that we must do is this, and it goes with our pillar, we must pray. Prayer is not an option, amen? Prayer is a mandate from God. Remember what Jesus did. He woke up early in the morning and he prayed. At the end of the ministry, he told the disciples, go away, and he prayed in the evening. Are you hurting? Pray. DO YOU NEED SOMETHING? PRAY. AND THAT'S WHAT WE'RE GOING TO look, uh, LEARN TODAY. HERE, WE MUST PRAY. ALONG WITH BELIEF COMES TRUSTING IN PRAYER. THERE'S NO ROOM, room in DOUBT IN PRAYER. NOTICE IN verses 14, EXCUSE ME, VERSE 14, THEY ALL JOIN TOGETHER. AND WHAT? UNDERLINE THAT WE'RE CONSTANTLY IN PRAYER. Now, Luke did not write, they pray sometime, like some of the Christians do. Ouch. But they pray constantly. What does that mean? Paul also says, pray without ceasing. When you sometimes, when you are caught in the traffic, you start complaining and say, man, I'm stuck in traffic. But do you say, Lord, I thank you because it's giving me an t- opportunity to pray. Amen. Lord, I thank you for giving me a nice warm shower in this cold as the winter comes. And you start praying and praising, thank, giving thanks to the Lord. Thank you for this warm water. Or when you're taking a shower, a cold shower, and you get that cold water, and you're like, thank you, Lord, that I got this cold water to kind of cool me down from this heat. See? It's all a matter of your perspective. It's all about perspective. Every opportunity, Pray. They say constantly in prayer, along with the women, and Mary, the mother of Jesus. You notice how Luke adds value to women. Because those, at those days, what I, there was no value to women. Right? But in God, there is. And Jesus, oftentimes, when you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he brings out the women and shows that he values them. Elder Doug showed the uh, video of Afghanistan. Afghanistan, they don't respect women. There's no value. Different parts of the world are like that. But again, in the Bible, again, there's a reason why, why they, he, the Luke brings out, with the women... Okay, adding value. And specifically he writes, Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. He's adding value. Because God cares for women just as he cares for men. There are three principles we must pick up from the text about prayer, from this scripture. First is this, unity. Unity. And you heard me preach on this word unity again because we're going to continue to practice, practice, practice until we get the unity right. Amen? Amen. Unity. Luke says this. They all what? Joy together. In Greek, literally, literally reads this way. With one mind. With one mind. It all starts here. Unity starts here. And what, 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 what should preoccupy our mind is what? Christ. When you and I have the mind of Christ, that's when we would have one mind. When we have the mind of Christ, then we will be united. No other way. They're all joined together in one mind. Humanly speaking, this was impossible. Because when you have 11 men, strong will 11 men, who's always talking about themselves, who's always thinking about themselves, unity is not going to happen. And we see that a lot in the churches today, don't we? The reason why I say strong men is what? They argue with themselves who's going to sit next to Jesus in the kingdom of heaven. Remember that? They were arguing. And they got upset because they wanted to be the number one guy for Jesus. Not only that, they, were, they didn't want to wash each other's feet. I said, why do I want to wash that guy's stinky feet? Matthew, I don't like Matthew because he's a tax collector. He's a sinner. I don't, want to, I don't want to deal with him. Look who's a physician. He's like, I'm a physician, all right? I'm a doctor. I don't relate to low fishermen or carpenters, you know? I've been at weddings. And you've been at weddings too, right? Where people will say, call me Dr. So-and-so, right? Okay, call you doctor. The title is very important. That's how men think. And these were the men. So humanly speaking, unity was impossible. But it happened because of Holy Spirit. It happened because Jesus was in their mind and nothing else. So for that reason, they prayed with one mind constantly. And what happened? Because they stopped looking at each other. They stopped looking at each, oneself and they st- start focusing and looking at Jesus. And that's when and only when that we would have true unity when we look to Jesus and not myself or not anyone else. Amen? He gives much grace and power. Notice in Acts chapter 4, verses 32 and 33. Luke said this, All the believers were one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to do what? Testify. To what? The resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them all. Brothers and sisters, do we want the Holy Spirit's power coming to our church? Do we want God's grace powerfully working in our church? Do we want unity in in our church? If we want it, if we desire it, if we yearn for it, then we will receive it because Jesus says, receive it. God will bring fresh wind and fire to the church where there is unity. If unity is absent... It's not going to come. It's not going to come. Second about prayer is being persistent. Look what Luke says. They all joined together and consistently prayed. In Greek it reads, it reads, it reads they were continually, continually devoting themselves in prayer. They did not stop praying, but they were persistent in their prayer. They sensed the urgency, they sensed the need, and so they did not give up praying. If we do not devote ourselves in prayer, then that pillar of prayer is meaningless. If we don't pray with persistence, if we don't continue to pray continuously, then we might as well take off that word prayer off the pillar. Amen? But Are we going to take it off? No, we're going to leave it on because that's what we're going to do. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah? Come on now, church. (laughs) I remember growing up as a junior high boy, I loved riding bicycles. And at that time, uh, I got interested in BMX. You know what BMX is? uh, You know, uh, riding your bicycle in dirt and racing and competition and doing jumps and uh, things like that there's a BMX for motorcycles but there's BMX for bicycles as well so so there was a bikes bike, bicycle store by our house and every day after school I will go inside and stare at the bicycle that I wanted it was dark blue and I still remember the bikes name was it was red line it was just beautiful And I remember that bicycle was $500. Beautiful bike. The reason why it's $500 is because it was ready to race, and it was made out of alloy. So literally, you could lift it up with two fingers. That's how light it was. So imagine a little boy, junior high boy, dreaming, wow, if I could have that, I could beat other guys. I could be doing wheelies. I could be doing jumps, you know, doing all these tricks. And so every day I would go and, and look at that engine. I would just drool and say, I want that bicycle, you know. And the owner kind of got tired of me coming in and said, boy, you better buy that bicycle or, you know. And so I would, every day I would go back and, 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 and to my mom, I said, mom, mom, please buy me that bicycle. And the answer We'll be same always, every night. No, no, no. Boy, I'm not going to buy you a $500 bicycle. But you know what? I didn't give up. I was persistent. It almost took me a year. But what was the outcome? What happened? Moms and dads, what happened? Eventually, moms and dads, you give in. Because of persistence, right? You experienced it. I experienced it. G and I finally gave up and bought our daughter a dog. It took eight. How many? How many years did it take until she? Well, she graduated a junior high, and finally we got her a puppy. She was persistent. That's what prayer does. That's what prayer does. In Luke chapter 11, verse 13, Jesus says, How much more will your heavenly Father or your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask? When you look at the context of what I just read, and some of you are familiar with this context. Okay, he's saying, "If how, you being evil, when your daughter or your son asks for a bread, would you give that person a stone? No, you'll give a bread or fish, what they ask. And he says, though you are evil, you will give what your child asks because they were persistent and they were consistent. And so that's where in the context where Jesus says, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Brothers and sisters, are we asking? Are we asking for the Holy Spirit? And that we ought to be persistent in asking that. Jesus told another story of a man who went to a neighbor. Remember that story? A, a, a man who was, uh, had an unexpected guest at, you know, and, uh, to his house and he needed to feed his guests. It was late in the hour, so he had nothing in his house, so he went to the local grocery store and said, knocked on the door and said, Can I buy some bread for you? And the owner who lived upstairs said, No, it's closed. I'm in bed with my children. Come next day and I'll gladly sell you the bread. But the man was what? Persistent. He said, please, I need your bread. I need, I'm not going to go away. I'm going to keep on yelling. And what happened? Because of persistence, the man came down and gave him the bread. And then as he received the bread, he went back to his house and fed the his guess why did jesus told this two stories because he wanted to make a point persistence in prayer be consistent in prayer and as you Oh, and you sh- and as you go to Jesus Christ and you fall on your knees like this and say, Jesus, I, n- I need your help, I need your Holy Spirit. I'm lifting up, and I as I pray, I anticipate and I give you thanks ahead of time, knowing that you will answer me, knowing that you will give it to me. So I give you praise. And so if Jesus sees you like this, why would he not give it to you? Amen. That's what he's saying. I'm not saying this. That's what the word of God is saying. Amen? Amen. Notice in verse 11, excuse me, chapter 11 in Luke 8 and 9. I tell you, even though he will not give up and give up the bread because of friendship, yet because of his shameless audacity, did you hear that? In other words, persistence He will surely get up and give you as much as you need. You see that? Hallelujah. And check out the next verse. You see it behind me. You see that? So I say to you. So I say to you. So take it as Jesus looking in your eyes at this moment and say, So I say to you. So I say to you. Ask, and it will be given. Would Jesus lie? I don't believe so. I know my Jesus, and he doesn't lie. Do you know your Jesus? He says, seek and you will find. Knock, literally keep knocking, and the door will be open to you. The apostles believed so passionately and fervently that they could not help but to pray with persistence. So if you and I really believe what Jesus is saying, that we will have prayer persistently and consistently. Someone once said, prayer is like a muscle. You keep working on it and it will grow. Those of you who works out, if you are muscle, You're going to get muscle when you're sitting down and watching TV with your potato chip? No. You're not going to get muscle, but you're going to get what? One of these. Right? Are you with me? But if you go in the gym, you're going to get some muscles. Amen? Same with prayer. Prayer is something that you develop and you cultivate in your life. When I listen to a prayer of a godly saint, I could tell that that person developed and cultivated his or her prayer life. Because it's beautiful. It's mature, not immature. If you don't pray daily, I want to give you a challenge. Start praying, start tomorrow or tonight. Pray for five minutes for one month. And just watch and wait what it's going to do to your life. I challenge you. Five minutes. Five minutes. Every day. And look and expect what's going to happen. Third is dependence. We're going to jump down to verses 23 to 24. So we're not, So look what he says. They nominated two men. Joseph called Barsebas, also known as Justice, Justice and Matthias. They, then they prayed. They prayed, Lord, you know everyone's heart. Show us which of, those, which of these two you have chosen. The apostle nominated two men. Nominated two men, but they depended on what? On prayer. Asking God to show who the 12th apostle will be. Remember what happened to the 12th apostle. Judas Iscariot, he committed his suicide because he felt so guilty, overwhelmed with guilt, he committed for selling Jesus for 30 pieces of silver so he could commit suicide. So they needed the 12th disciple or the apostle, and they prayed. Now, some of you may criticize, wait a minute, they cast lots? They say that you pray, but why would they cast lots? Isn't that very, uh, it's like a witchcraft or something that is something worldly people would do? Notice in verse 26, then they cast lots. And the lots fell on Matthias, so he was added to the 11 apostles. So he was the twelfth. Now, I want to give you a little history of casting lots. In the Old Testament, Israel draw lots to honor God and discover his will. Listen to Proverbs chapter 16, verse 33. If you could see it on, uh, uh, on the next slide, it says, The lot is cast into the lap, but it's that every decision is from what? From the Lord. The apostle casted lots, trusting and depending on the Lord. It was not a form of witchcraft. It was a practice they practiced from the Old Testament, allowing God to show them in that way. Brothers and sisters, the fullness of the Holy Spirit comes only when you and I put our trust and when we rely on God. Amen. Here's a question for all of us. I'm almost done. Are we relying on God? Are we praying as a church? Do you need help? Then pray. In closing, as believers, we have given the full benefit of Christ's body and blood. But we can never have enough of him. Just like when you have something good, you're like, I want that. I want that again. You know, I want that again. I'll give you a quick real story about that. Uh, Pastor Mark introduced us to um, Fiesta Mexicana restaurant. We went and I had and Brother Josh was there. We're sitting there, and we're enjoying. I had enchiladas, and Brother, jo- uh, Brother Josh had enchiladas too. We had three of each, you know, and Pastor Mark, he had tacos, but he only had two, okay? I said, two is not enough. So anyway, we enjoyed. I, lo- I liked it a lot. I enjoyed it, and I said, I told my brothers, I said, you know what, I'm going to bring my wife here next time. So that was Friday, and that Sunday, last Sunday, I said, I called my wife, I said, let's go, I want to, let's go to Fiesta Mexicana. Let's go, let's go there, and I, I ordered the same thing. And, and had three, three enchiladas with rice and beans and tortillas, and it was very good. Okay, the reason why I'm saying this is that when you have something good, you want more of it. So when we experience God in prayer, we have something good, and we want more of it. And say, I want to go back to God in my knees and pray. I want to continue to seek Him because I am getting good taste of God, and I want more of it each day. Amen? Some of you, again, love, some of you know that I like coffee. Pastor Mark knows that, and uh, Josh, and... And even when I was preparing the sermon, I had a coffee with me and it was getting empty. And as I looked at the cup, it was empty and the bottom, the coffee was cold, kind of lukewarm. And nothing more bothers me when I have a lukewarm coffee, right? Whether it's got to be iced coffee with ice, right? Or it's got to be hot coffee, right? Nothing in between. And so I, in order for me to have a fresh cup, in order to have a hotter cup, I got my coffee pot or, or I, and I poured more coffee into the cup. And now I have a fresh cup and I have a fresh hot coffee. So the point that I'm making is this. Perhaps some of us, your faith or all of us, our faith is kind of dry. Right? Our faith is kind of lukewarm. Our faith, the Holy Spirit is kind of on the bottom. And some of us needs a refilling of the Holy Spirit. Some of us needs that hot, fiery spirit back in our hearts. Some of us say, God, I want you to fill me because I'm running on empty. Okay, Uptown Baptist Church, we got to fill it. Amen? Amen? Uptown Baptist Church, we got to fill this seat and be fired up for God. And do his work. Amen? We need the fire of the Holy Spirit. We need revival in our church. Amen? Amen, amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your message. Father, thank you for reminding us what we need as a church, and that is the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you That you have given us desire for revival in our church to come. And as revival comes into our church, then revival will come to Uptown City. And as it hits Uptown City, it will hit the rest of the city of Chicago. God, we are crying out for revival. Send us your Holy Spirit with power. And as we are praying for sending of your Holy Spirit, we are anticipating and we are anticipating and we are expecting that the Holy Spirit would come and fall in our place and come with power, with fresh fire, fresh wind. And we're going to raise up our sails and we're going to fry the glorious ride and sail for the glorious work of God. So bless your church. Thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Hallelujah.
4: Yeah, let's stand up and sing.
5: Take my life and let it be consecrated all to Thee. Take my moments and my days. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. Let them flow in ceaseless praise. sing that verse once more. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it is thine own. It shall be thy royal throne. It shall be thy
0: Can we uh, sing that last verse again? It's a beautiful lyrics. If you listen to the lyrics, it says, Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no longer mine. Take my heart, it's thy own. It shall be thy royal throne. That our heart, it is his royal throne. It shall be thy royal throne. Brother Mike, can you lead us once again?
5: Take my will. Take my will and make it thine. It shall be no
0: last uh, announcement and that is I'm excited about this because the reason why I'm excited is because this coming Friday elders and deacons are going to go down a retreat and we're going to pray and we're going to pray for revival for our Uptown Baptist Church and we're going to pray for the unity of our church and we're going to be reminded what we stand for as a church. And so having said that, elders and deacons, if you can meet in the parlor and Elder Doug will go over the logistics and the the schedule, uh, what's going to happen Friday and Saturday. So my dear brothers and sisters, please be in prayer for the leadership of our church, elders and the deacons. Pray that God will speak to us. God will give us his revelation and that we will humble ourselves and that we will seek God. And that we will be in one mind one mind because we would have the mind of christ and that when we come back on sunday we will communicate what god has called us to do and that we will be in prayer as a, as a church that will be one mind one heart and that he will be in the throne in our hearts and so please be in prayer up down church for the elders and the deacons for the safe travel and really that God will speak to us. So elders and deacons, please meet in the parlor after the worship service. That would be great. Let me close us out in prayer. Father, we thank you and we praise you. May the God of peace, who through the blood of eternal covenant, brought back from the dead, our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing unto him through our Lord Jesus Christ, To whom be glory forever and ever. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. God loves you. Go in peace.